1: This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio
0: and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Here we go, Tuesday afternoon with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Glad to have you along on this Tuesday. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank online at mslandbank.com. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. If you've got land financing needs or refinancing needs of any kind, Mississippi Land Bank can help. They've been financing and refinancing land for over 100 years. They've got branch locations spread all throughout North Mississippi. You can go to Senatobia, that's where their corporate office is, Clarksdale, Cleveland, Indianola, Corinth, Tupelo, New Albany, Starkville, Kosciuszko, and Louisville, and you can find people that genuinely care about what it is that you need help with, whether it's uh, buying a piece of property or equipment to help maintain the property, maybe it's a production loan if you're a farmer, or other more specific needs, Mississippi Land Bank can help. Check out their website, mslandbank.com. You can find contact information there. Mississippi Land Bank where they know the lay of the land all right I don't know anything official but I'm just saying if you're a Mississippi State fan this is a bummer because it's not looking great for a baseball game tonight right now Auburn and Louisville are in a rain delay they put the tarp on the field oh I 15 20 minutes ago in the bottom of the fifth inning and when you look at the weather forecast, and and, and Rippey pointed out to me a little while that weathermen know nothing. That you know, there are few people in life that are wrong more often than weathermen. But I told him I was not relying specifically on weathermen. I was lying on uh, relying on the radar, and it doesn't look very good for Omaha, Nebraska, really until about tomorrow morning. So who knows? Maybe you catch a break. But when you look at the hourly forecast, not great. Currently raining 70% at 4 o'clock, 65% at 5 o'clock, 80% at 6 and 7 o'clock, 70% at 8 o'clock, 60%, 70%, 70%, you know, hour by hour. It just feels like it's pretty unlikely that Mississippi State plays again. Uh, or, sorry, plays tonight. And I would say that that's a little bit of a disadvantage. Now, more of a a, a disadvantage for the loser because if you get pushed back tomorrow, then you're going to have to turn around and play the next day and the day after that and the day after that just to advance to the championship series. Now, for the winner, you're not going to play till Friday, but instead of having Wednesday off and Thursday off, you're only going to have Thursday off and then roll back into it on Friday. So... Rains part of it. You deal with schedule changes. But this could really, really be beneficial for the teams on the other side of the bracket. Michigan in particular, who's sitting there at 2-0 and and won't have to play again until Friday. You think Haydad has signed a lease in Omaha yet? He's going to have to pay property taxes by the time it's all said and done. Maybe get a new driver's license? <laughs> I don't know. Didn't you go a really long time in the state of Mississippi before you actually got a Mississippi driver's license? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. No longer the case, but yeah, I did. Makes it a little harder once you actually buy a house,
1: doesn't it? Yeah, that changes things somewhat. I'm still holding on to the old driver's license, though, just in case somebody younger than me... I mean, for for novelty purposes.
0: Sure. There you go. There you go. You don't want to go down that road, Borky.
1: (laughs) I was down that road, buddy. I hear you. My name was Blake for
2: three years. Well... You could buy smokeless tobacco and such. <laughs> and such. Uh, what about
0: it, Rippy, though, on the uh, kind of... I mean, it's, it's frustrating just from a fan standpoint. you got people that are making the trip. My, my brother-in-law and his wife and their daughters have... They started driving yesterday, went about halfway, got into Omaha a little while ago, right in time for it to start raining. So they will... Uh, not be watching baseball tonight, most likely, and then kind of everything gets behind tomorrow, and
2: kind of going forward. Yeah, I mean that's tough, but I don't. Not a whole lot you can do about it, I don't guess. But, no,
0: there's nothing you can do about it.
2: Oh, well, I mean, build a stadium with a roof on it, I guess. Yeah, I don't feel like that's. Well, I'm not familiar with the budget, but I feel like that'd be quite a lot to add to a relatively new ballpark. Um, but yeah, I mean, what? So like, if you're a loser. It, Of this game, if if it does get pushed back today, that's a back to back. Yeah, I mean that's not anything like well, but it's not just back to back. It's
0: if you lose, it becomes back to back to back to back.
2: Right, which not easy, but like I guess with the day off, like that's not anything unheard of. Like you know, they did it in Hoover. Some probably did it in um the regional. Obviously, not doing four in a row in Super unless something really got squirrely, but. Yeah, not easy, but like definitely doable. I guess that's kind of part of the beauty of Omaha, that if it is on schedule, that's why we were talking about how bullpen depth doesn't really matter as much because like, you're getting a day or two off in between each game.
0: And I heard Kyle Peterson pointed out last night, and it really does make sense, the real advantage is for being one of the teams that plays on Saturday, like on the first day of the College World Series. Because if you win your first two games, you don't play until Friday. And so if you play on the second day and you win the first two games, you get a couple of days off. There's three days off for the winner of the first two games in the Saturday-Monday side of the bracket.
2: Uh, yeah, and then like i just pointing out the obvious here, it's three days off coupled with the same team having to beat you twice in a row. Exactly. Like that, that's, that's a pretty good position to be in.
0: Yeah. have got a bunch to get to this afternoon. Brian Haydad will join us uh, in the 4 o'clock hour as he is um, covering Mississippi State, but probably not covering Mississippi State tonight. A little bit of news out of Nashville. The Tennessean uh, reporting that the Vandy Whistler was warned three different times in Vanderbilt's first game to please stop whistling because he was making the um, watching experience for those around him and the viewing experience for those on television and the listening experience for those on the radio uh, unpleasant, and he continued to whistle. And on the third time that he was warned, in the sixth or seventh inning of the ball game, he was told if he whistled any more, he was going to be ejected from the stadium. Now, he told the reporter from the Tennesseean that he was going to keep on whistling. So maybe we're headed toward an ejection and the removal of the Vandy whistler, whenever Mississippi State and Vanderbilt ultimately get to play. That response tells you exactly what his motivation is. He's looking
1: for confrontation and attention. By saying, I've been asked three times to stop and I'm still not going to stop, that tells you all you need to know about this guy. That he's just looking for attention and nothing more.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that, Borky, because I'm guessing... Like, what seems more likely that that happened and he reached out to the reporter and was like, hey, look what happened to me, or the reporter just randomly was like, hey, you've been told to stop? Well, Adam Sparks wrote the story. We've actually had Adam Sparks on the show before to talk about
0: the Vandy Whistler. And it's kind of an evolving story over the last couple of years. But it's almost like it's given Vanderbilt fans, many of whom admittedly don't like the Whistler, a reason to put a chip on their shoulders. Oh, they're out to get us because we're a little old Vanderbilt. No, that doesn't have anything to do with it. It's just annoying.
2: Well, like the, I remember the next day sitting at Hoover at the, uh, at the SEC tournament. Like, I guess Ole Miss was playing that Saturday. Like, <clears throat> some gentleman for Georgia was barking like a dog repeatedly. Yeah. Like, kind of in rhythm, too. It wasn't nearly like it was kind of funny a little bit annoying but like not nearly on the level of that it's the sound and the repeatedness of it that drives people insane it's like he can make other noises to root on his schools which is to borky's point exactly why he's trying to get attention whoever pulled the trigger on that and all foot soldiers involved should get medals
0: yeah i i don't uh i don't disagree with that at all so we'll look closely more closely at that story a little bit later this afternoon the city of new york not exactly welcoming with open arms Daniel Jones, who was drafted to be the future quarterback of the New York Giants. He was booed at Yankee Stadium. You like it, you dislike it, whatever. Kind of a tough welcome in a tough town. The only thing that Daniel Jones can do to change the perception is when he gets an opportunity to be the quarterback of the New York Giants, he better be good. And probably is not going to be given much of a honeymoon phase when uh, that time is out there. Uh, Mike Thomas... Looks like he is about to get paid big time. Borky, you excited about that? I am. And I guess the the question
1: that comes from it is the reports are out there that the Saints are uh, comfortable, was the word that they used, with making him the highest paid receiver in the NFL.
0: My question is, do you think he deserves number one money? You mean, is he in the same category as... Julio Jones, etc. Like yeah. number one wide receiver, money. I think that's the question coming
1: from here. Is I mean, he, he's produced really well for that team. He's been a great receiver, and they get him on a budget at least for the short term. But is he worth the highest paid NFL money?
2: Would it be fair to say that's harder to answer because of the weapons they have in the backfield that they use so often? We'll see. We'll
0: get into that a little bit later this afternoon. A Mississippi team is in our countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Ole Miss got a couple of commitments uh, earlier today from a neighboring state. Does this look like a different recruiting strategy for Ole Miss? And a whole lot more coming your way. at Sports Talk Mississippi with you just getting started on this Tuesday afternoon in the Renaissance Bank studio, Renaissance Bank, understanding you. A couple of Major League Baseball stories for you. One is entertaining because of the subject matter. The other is disturbing if you're an umpire, and I wonder if it's disturbing to other people as well. Lenny Dykstra. Have you guys followed the post-baseball career of Lenny Dykstra at all? Have you watched any of the documentaries, followed him on Twitter, read the stories, heard him in interviews?
2: I Enough only to know.
0: Go ahead, Borky.
1: Oh, I only really know of him because a couple of the guys from Barstool got his cell phone number and used to prank call him.
2: There's so a very specific prank call too, but yeah,
1: way. very specific. But that that's that's how I knew that he was such a train wreck is because those two guys would do that, and then I would look him up,
0: and it's not pretty. Uh, Lenny Dykstra is. Um, a nut job. I, I think it's fair to say. He has been involved in a bunch of different investments, has had multiple failed marriages, has bought and sold and bought and sold and lived beyond his means and been either at bankruptcy or near bankruptcy and out of it and back in again and has one of the most volatile online personas of anybody that's out there that has ever played professional sports.
2: Went to prison for a wee bit there too. How long was he in prison? He was in to three years in twenty twelve. I do not know how much how long exactly he spent behind bars. I actually was following one of his most recent things. There's a kid in my class, one of my grad school classes that was trying to do a story on do you remember Dennis Oil can void Yes. So a little that was obviously way before my time, trying to do a story on him Ron Darling wrote that book that came out recently that alleged that Dykstra hurled racial slurs at Boyd, and then Dykstra said he was going to sue. So Sure.
0: Yeah, so, 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 so he's pretty regularly in the news. He's got the long history of odd behavior and run-ins with the law, but even by his standards, kind of a weird weekend. The former New York Met and Philadelphia Phillies outfielder chronicled via Twitter his exploits of searching through a dumpster over the weekend for a set of specially made dentures that he mistakenly left in a napkin at a Jersey Mike's sub shop near his home in New Jersey. (laughs) It's like a Mad Lib. (laughs) After finishing his sub and leaving the restaurant, he went back to find the staff had thrown the napkins and Dykstra's dentures, which he told NJNewJersey.com, were valued at $80,000 in the trash. We're in the wrong business, I think. With the help of his friend, a tag team wrestler who goes by the name Sprinkles the Clown, Dykstra informed his Twitter followers on Sunday afternoon that his dentures were finally recovered after nine hours of dumpster diving. He's in a T-shirt with a hat, and you have to listen really, really closely to understand anything that he's saying. I, I think there have been some. Uh, I think there have been some drug issues along the way. Well, that, that's well documented, right?
2: That I'm not necessarily sure, but he's it, he had a hard time understanding him because he didn't have teeth in, right? Presumably.
0: Yeah, but even when he's got teeth in, it's hard to understand him. The guys, it, 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 you, if you just listen to him, he's hard to understand. So he goes on Twitter and he says, "Nails never fails," referencing the nickname that he had as a big leaguer after spending hours upon hours dumpster diving for his eighty thousand dollar dentures. Guy could play ball. Twelve years in the big league. Big leagues won a World Series with the Mets in '86. Three all-star berths after being traded to the Phillies. Best season with Philadelphia in 1993, hit 305, had 194 hits, scored 143 runs, and he finished second in the NL MVP voting that year behind Barry Bonds. Uh, Phillies lost in the World Series that year to the Toronto Blue Jays. That was when Joe Carter hit the uh, the walk-off home run. So uh, I was just kind of amused if you have spent any time at all following Lenny Dykstra. This seems very on-brand, that this guy with his friend, a tag team wrestler who goes by the name of Sprinkles the Clown, spent somewhere around eight hours diving in dumpsters outside of a Jersey Mike's sub shop in New Jersey looking for his dentures. What would you dive in a dumpster for that you lost? Eight. Do you have a possession, Borky, that you own that if it mistakenly was thrown in the dumpster, you would spend eight hours combing through trash to try and get it back? Ooh, uh, I've got,
1: well, there's a few autographs that I've got that I would do that for. I've got a an Adam Vinatieri Super Bowl, signed Super Bowl ball, which is pretty cool. Um, that's probably my most prized autographed possession. Uh, so, yeah, you, you, I'd go dumpster you would diving spend, for that
0: thing. You would spend eight hours with gloves climbing through a dumpster outside of a sub shop in the dark looking for an autographed football by Adam Minoteri? I think I would, yeah. Rippy, do you have an
2: earthly possession that you would do that for? No, I don't think so. But I guess if my teeth cost eighty grand, i would probably give it a couple hours. I'll do about eight. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. I don't really like anything that much.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess like the obvious answer if you are married or engaged and your wife lost her engagement ring, a diamond ring or a wedding band, or maybe you lost yours, maybe you would spend some time doing that. I, listen, I, th- this is not to sound calloused, but Jane's ring is insured. And so if it got thrown in a dumpster, I'd make an insurance claim on it. I would not spend eight hours dumpster diving unless she was just, like, beside herself. Now, maybe a little bit different story with my wedding band, which from a value standpoint is minuscule compared to Jane's ring, but it was my grandfather's. And so my grandmother gave me this ring to wear as my wedding band. It was my grandfather's wedding ring. Not replaceable. Like, sentimentally.
2: If your teeth spend 80, eight hours in a dumpster, though, aren't they beyond repair anyway? Like, there's no amount of cleaning that would make me feel comfortable putting that back in
0: Oh, the, man, you just drop them in some fixer dent
2: and you're good. I'm a five-second rule guy. Like, I'm not a germaphobe, but eight hours in a dumpster seems like a different... what
0: uh, oh, if they were wrapped up in a napkin? Oh, uh, that makes it all better. <laughs> c text line, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. What would you spend eight hours diving around in a dumpster for that you own? Do you own anything that you would spend eight hours looking for in a dumpster?
1: Our friend Rebecca Turner just walked in here to, to tell me that in college, she accidentally threw away her car keys and spent three hours digging in a dumpster. Um Trying to find those, and she did that because she was terrified of what her parents would say. You can
0: get new car keys made.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but the embarrassment of, hey, Dad, I threw away my car keys. We need to go get new ones, I guess was worth it.
0: So instead, I'm going to smell like a goat for the next three weeks. Uh. (laughs) Here we go. This guy says my kids.
2: (laughs) That's probably fair.
0: That's fair enough.
1: I love how my do you... dog more than most everybody else, so if I lost, if if that were to happen, then yeah, I would spend the rest of my life looking for him. I
2: love that little guy so much. But If, if it took you eight hours to find your dog at a dumpster, though, you're probably doing it wrong. It can't be that big. Um, Scott and Clinton says, how in the world
0: do you eat a sandwich without a teeth in your mouth? Uh, without your teeth in your mouth? I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> you just kind of compact it together. Just kind of gum it. <laughs> Oh, Johnny in West Point says, Richard, um, two hours looking for a $4,000 check. Ooh. Okay. I mean, I hear you, but could if you were confident that the check was indeed in the dumpster, why would you not reach out to the person who wrote you the check and say, "I really apologize for the inconvenience. If there's any fee associated with it, I'm happy to pay the stop payment on it." Can you write me another check? Uh, Jimmy in Tupelo says his Colt 1911. Okay, maybe that's a limited edition, um, a, a limited edition pistol of some sort. Somebody says my cell phone. No way! I'm spending eight hours in a dumpster looking for my cell phone. No way. Although I will tell you the story of how temporarily losing my cell phone once cost me about five thousand dollars. Ooh! I'll tell you the story when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Renaissance Bank Studio. I love your stories. Send them to this uh, to us on the C Spire text line. What would you spend eight hours crawling around in a dumpster outside of a food establishment looking for that you own? Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. All right, got an update from Omaha and the College World Series for you. Currently, a rain delay play has been suspended in the, uh, the elimination game between Auburn and Louisville, it's in the fifth inning, Louisville's leading 4-1. to one. That game will not resume before 9 p.m. local time tonight. So 9 p.m. Central is the earliest that that game will resume, Auburn and Louisville, with Louisville leading 4-1. to one. Mississippi State will not play baseball tonight. So the, uh, the Bulldogs baseball not even going to get started today they have not yet announced a start time for tomorrow, and of course that's because you don't know if they're going you don't know if you're gonna be able to get in the rest of Auburn and Louisville. So Mississippi State and Vanderbilt will play tomorrow, likely in the morning or around lunchtime. So they're gonna to have to try and get three games in tomorrow. They may have to try and get three and a half games in tomorrow. I'm reading that correctly,
2: right? Yeah, because like if you went ahead and canceled the late game this early, the forecast, like you said, has to be pretty bad. Like, like if they're for, if they're canceling that at this stage at three o'clock or whatever, not even giving it a try, probably doesn't seem like there's a window to finish the first one.
0: Yeah, probably not, uh, unless it's until like they looked at earlier nine ten o'clock tonight. My guess is they would really like to finish the game between Auburn and Louisville tonight, one way or another, regardless of how late it has to go, if there is a window to come in and finish that ball game, so that you're only one game behind schedule, not a game and a half behind schedule at this point. So we'll wait and see, but no Mississippi State baseball tonight. It will happen tomorrow, and we don't yet know what time tomorrow it will happen. So the question on the table that uh, many of you have responded to on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395, and this question is because of a story about Lenny Dykstra, who, according to him, lost $80,000 dentures while eating at a Jersey Mike's sub shop in New Jersey. Um, and then with his friend Sprinkles the Clown, who is a tag team professional wrestler, went dumpster diving for eight hours before finally finding his dentures. So it worked out well for Dykstra in the end. Unless... The whole thing was a publicity stunt. He didn't actually lose his dentures. He just wanted some attention. I mean, I don't really think that's the case, but it wouldn't be the craziest thing ever related to Lenny Dykstra. Uh, Jimmy and Tupelo told us that he would go dumpster diving for his Colt 1911. Somebody said they would dumpster dive for their cell phone. I don't know. John and Starkville says, I searched for two hours for my wedding ring in a dumpster, never found it, but good news, my second ring did not cost as much. That is from John in Starkville. Yeah, mine was nothing. I made sure of that because I, I like to think I'm a responsible person, but
1: I don't have, I don't wear watches or jewelry or anything, and so I went with just a cheap metal option. It's just black metal, you know. So if yeah. I lost this today, I mean, it wouldn't even set me out three bills. So I'd be, I'd be just fine.
0: Yeah. Um, I never take mine off. Like, never, ever, don't take it off swimming, don't take it off in the ocean, don't take it off in the shower, don't take it off, you know, if I'm playing golf or anything else. So, um, you know. I
1: go Silicon one when I'm working out. Those things are pretty magical.
2: Never taking mine off either. <laughs>
0: uh, Let's see. Somebody said they visited Lenny Dykstra's home in Jackson. He once played for the Jackson Mets. Uh, says my roommate at Bellhaven was... Terry's cousin not sure who Terry is said the house was filled with signed nails posters uh, Dan in Charleston says he would go dumpster diving for his wedding pictures okay um, Johnny in West Point says he spent a couple of hours in the landfill looking for his income tax information Ugh. Mike in Grand Bay, Alabama says the Mona Lisa or Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> Those are the only two things. This is really cool. Somebody sent us a picture of their dad's catcher's mitt, which is an old-school catcher's mitt and obviously has a ton of sentimental value. I could get on board with that. Uh, Scott and Clinton says carpe dentum, seize the teeth. <laughs>
1: Jimmy Hoffa wasn't that um what that uh, Geraldo guy? They they had that big special to open up the 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 tomb or, or the safe yeah, or whatever G- it was. Jimmy There's Hoffa's, nothing in Jimmy it. Jimmy
0: Hoffa's cave, right? That oh, was a big deal. Geraldo Rivera, I think it was like an old 2020 special, and they went live and like hit the plunger on the dynamite and went in and they found absolutely nothing. <laughs> absolutely nothing. So I told you, I, I would tell you how. um chasing after my cell phone once cost me about five grand when it was all said and done uh a few years ago we had a birthday party for I may have told this story before uh for my little boy for obi out at the uh, at the lake and we had one of those great big inflatable deals you know like that you you plug the fan up to and it blows up and the, the, a jump house so when it's all said and done it's really hard to get all the air out of it and you find yourself like rolling around on top of it well, it was uh, my cell phone was in my pocket, and somewhere along the way, uh, my cell phone fell out of my pocket, and we folded it up inside the jump house, and it got wrapped up and put on a trailer and whatever. I couldn't find my phone anywhere, and so I finally did the whole uh, find your phone thing, um, and it went to the trailer, so it was inside that. We, we figured out where it was. So I get home that night, got to return the uh, the jump house the next day. And these things, this was one of the big ones, and they weigh a gazillion pounds. And so I decided it's a good idea to try and somehow get this thing off the trailer. I get it off the trailer, unwrap it, pull it out, finally find my cell phone, and now I've got to put this thing back together. The, the, the jump house, like where I can fold it back up and get it on the trailer again so it can be returned the next day in the process of lifting it up or trying to lift it up by myself and i'm straining and too stubborn to call anybody to help me i gave myself a hernia Ooh. ended up having to have surgery on it <laughs> <laughs> missed a couple of days of work co-payments surgery fees etc cetera, etc cetera, et cetera all for me being too stubborn and not willing to wait one more day to get a little bit of help to get my cell phone out of the jump house. That was an expensive lesson. Um, Al Capone, not Jimmy Hoffa. Uh, so it was Geraldo. Somebody said the J is silent, Rippy. Not Geraldo, but huh, Geraldo. Uh, so, yeah, Geraldo Rivera, the uh, Fox News guy that used to be on. Uh, used to A long time ago, I would get him confused with John Stossel. But it was Geraldo who did the Al Capone vault search.
1: They do kind of look alike. A little. A little. Random sidebar here, by the way. This was just posted on Brett Favre's Instagram account. I think it's fake. It's his real account. Because I've got what the you account got? up right now. It's a picture of him with the Super Bowl trophy and Terry Bradshaw, and it says a true champion sticks with his or her calling. I will be coming out of retirement and making my return to play in the NFL for the 2020 season. Stay tuned for more.
2: Wait, I have his real verified account up, too, because I was looking at the same thing, and it's not up. Are you sure there's a blue check mark next to it? 100%. What am I missing?
1: I don't know, but there's the picture, and then next to it is him and his wife and his uh, two daughters, and then another one with him and his kid, and him with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, this is his.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at at Brett Favre on Twitter. Is he at Brett Favre, or is it like at Favre4official?
1: Well, I'm looking at his
0: Instagram, which is just oh, Brett Instagram. Favre. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so stay tuned. You really believe Brett Favre's coming out of retirement?
1: Absolutely not, but found that funny.
0: Yeah. Um, by the way, I did mention to you there was one other kind of crazy baseball story. Uh, Manny Machado was ejected for arguing balls and strikes, and then he lost his mind, took his bat threw it to the backstop, paid no attention to anybody that was out there, and the Major League Baseball Umpires Association, none too pleased with the fact that he got uh, basically a slap on the wrist. It's a one-game suspension for Major League Baseball, and the MLB UA, the Umpires Association, tweeted this. Manny Machado received a one-game suspension for contact with an umpire over balls and strikes and violently throwing his bat against the backstop With absolutely no regard for anyone's safety, violence in the workplace is not tolerated, and offenders are dealt with severely and even made examples of for the good of its uh, for the good of its employees as well as the company itself.
2: That really bothered me. Is this
0: truly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? A whole bunch of hashtags also. You're being facetious. It didn't actually bother you.
2: No, no, that really did kind of bug me. Because you, in a day and age where you have like the Angel Hernandezes and Joe Wests of the world, like, what if a play? I saw Alex Wood, who's a pitcher for the Reds, used to pitch for the Dodgers, make the point. Like, what if a player did this to an umpire after he got tossed? Went on social media and trashed him. Like, they're not allowed to do that. Why is this not being disciplined?
0: Oh, you think the Major League Baseball Umpires Association should be disciplined for going after
2: Machado? You can't Machado do it the, other and the way suspension. Around.
0: Hmm. They're
1: more protected than the Federal Reserve, man. It's unbelievable. There's, um...
0: yeah, and I'm not saying that Machado acted appropriately. Like, he certainly didn't. But the punishment was handed down, and the MLB UA did not like it. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Tentatively, Mississippi State's game of Vanderbilt has been scheduled for 1 o'clock tomorrow. I want to go back and clean up a mess that I made of talking about the bracket just a second ago, or a few minutes ago. Um, the way the College World Series is laid out, you have two games on each of the first four days. Right? So everybody plays up to two games in the first four days of the tournament. So... On Saturday, you had two games. Sunday, you had two games. Yesterday, you had two games. Today, you had two games scheduled. Tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday, originally only had one game scheduled. So if they are able to finish the Auburn-Louisville game, then you'll have two games that will be played tomorrow, and then you would have one game played on Thursday. If for some reason they can't finish... Uh, The Auburn-Vanderbilt game tonight, my guess is you try to finish that game, play the Mississippi State-Vanderbilt game, and then play one more game, but I'm speculating on that. So as it stands right now, they're going to do everything they can to try and resume play tonight with Auburn and Louisville in an elimination game at or around 9 p.m., and then the plan as it stands now is to play Mississippi State-Vanderbilt at 1 o'clock tomorrow, and then you would have the regularly scheduled game uh, for tomorrow night at 6 p.m., which would be an elimination game also, right? Yes. After the Mississippi State-Vanderbilt game is played tonight, everything until Friday, Friday is an elimination game. So, there you go. I hope that made sense. I hope it made sense. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Glad to have you along on this um, this Tuesday afternoon. Streaming online at supertalk.fm. You can text the show on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Brian Haydad will join us in the 4 o'clock hour. And uh, we got the college football fix coming up for you in the 5 o'clock hour. Team number 74 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days is Southern Miss. So we will talk some Southern Miss football coming your way just after 5 o'clock. Some commitments for Ole Miss on the football front and uh, some College World Series news coming a little bit later this afternoon as well. Um, Daniel Jones, the first-round draft pick of the New York Giants, was booed at Yankee Stadium. Pro Football Talk had the story. The lead was, they're not booing, they're chanting... Dave Gettleman, what did you do? Okay, that's a bad lead. They were booing. Fans at Yankee Stadium booed what they're calling the crown jewel of the G Men's 2019 draft class. Not a surprise given that Jones is the embodiment of the controversial decision to take a quarterback at number six when he could have been taken at number 17. Also, fans still love Eli Manning as evidenced by the hostile reaction when the team tried to bench him two years ago. Dave Gettleman wanted a quarterback with what he described as the mental toughness to survive and thrive in New York. And Monday night's experience is one example of what Jones will be facing until he survives and thrives on the field. The rookie can take solace in the fact that two years ago, Chicagoans booed Mitchell Trubisky at a Bulls game. Probably not going to
2: boo him now. He's been successful. Was that really the lead?
0: It was terrible. Was that really it, though? Yes, I didn't make it up.
2: That's not great.
0: Mike Florio, first sentence, they're not booing, they're chanting, Dave Gettleman, what did you do? And he followed it up with, okay, they were booing. He's a smart guy, but he's kind of a nerd.
2: Yeah, and I guess that's a little different with Florio. I thought it, like... Like online newspaper lead or something. That's pretty rough. No, is it pro football talk? Still not very good. Oh no, no, it's not. But like, God owns his own, like runs his own. side, a little different, but yeah, I feel like you're gonna see more of this now. Whether it's New York or anywhere. Yeah, because like, fans get more information than ever. We have shorter attention spans. Like. Jump to conclusions. Is this a
0: bad look, or does closer? it matter?
2: I don't think it matters.
1: It's a bad look, but I mean, we sports fans live in a perpetual state of bad looks.
2: Like Porzingis, I remember distinctly was booed really heavily when he was drafted by the Knicks. Like it happens.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I get that. Um, and it's tough to be Dan Jones or Daniel Jones. I. I say it's tough. Is it really tough for him? Bank account says otherwise. He's been drafted in the first round by one of the storied franchises in the NFL. He's being paid a lot of money. You got to be booed a little bit. That's nah, okay. Okay. So be it. I'd I'll, I'll live with that.
1: You can boo I'll... me all the way home to your 400-square-foot apartment that you paid two grand a month for, buddy. I'll be in the high-rise.
2: I was about to say, you beat me to it. Y'all can all boo me every day on this show for like a third of that salary. Sports Talk Mississippi with you
0: in the Renaissance Bank Studio, one hour in the books. Brian Haydad joins us when we come back in the 4 o'clock hour. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming online at supertalk.fm on this Tuesday afternoon. Not the Tuesday that you were hoping for if you were a Mississippi State fan, not because of a win or a loss, but because you just got to wait Longer to watch Mississippi State play baseball in the College World Series again. Because of rain in Omaha, they have uh, suspended the game between Auburn and uh, Louisville. That game will be resumed at nine o'clock tonight at the earliest. Of course, that's weather permitting. And for now, Mississippi State's game with Vanderbilt is scheduled for one o'clock tomorrow at TD Ameritrade. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank online at MSLandBank.com. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. If you've got land financing needs of any kind, Mississippi Land Bank can help. They've been financing land for over 100 years. And they know how to navigate that industry. They know how to help you navigate through the difficulty of buying land, refinancing existing loans, getting equipment, or uh, maybe getting that recreational piece of property that you've been thinking about for a long time. MSLandBank.com, Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. Let's go to the Farm Bureau phone line, check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Brian Haydad now has a lot of time on his hands in Omaha, Nebraska. What's up, Haydad?
3: What's going on, guys? Great to be back with you. Yeah, I was planning on being at the ballpark to do this segment with you, uh, but uh, now it looks like, like you said, I I got the evening off.
0: Yeah, so what is the weather like right now? I mean, we were were watching the game earlier. Obviously, some rain came into the area. It wasn't like torrential rain, but when you look at the forecast, it doesn't look great for the next, oh, handful of hours.
3: Yeah, it's just steady. It's just nasty out there. It's, It's that light drizzly rain but it picks up every now and then and it and like you said you look at the radar and it doesn't appear to be going anywhere from basically the rest of the evening. so it's just a nasty day here in Omaha but uh hopefully it'll clear out and play baseball tomorrow
0: do you um do you think that they'll be able to resume that game that's going on later tonight or is that just wishful thinking
3: i think i think it's probably less than a 50% chance they'll play that game tonight just from the way it looks outside and the way that the radar looks, it's going to be really, really difficult. I know they have, they try not to start anything after 10 o'clock, uh, but from what I can tell, it's not a, a hard rule. It's just sort of a, a guideline. So if, if they're willing to go late, they might be able to get it going. But right now, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if it's difficult to say. You never know with the weather. But right now, I, I would be surprised to do that. And if that's the case, I don't know. Will they just pick up really early in the morning? Will they play between? I don't know how that's going to work if, if Auburn and Louisville can't finish up today.
0: I mean, it's kind of hard to imagine them if they have to resume that game starting it before, what, 10 o'clock in the morning? I, I can't imagine them going much earlier than that, especially for a day that had only one game scheduled already. So you know Mississippi State and Vanderbilt are going to play, and then you know you've got an elimination game after that that was originally scheduled for six o'clock tomorrow night so what they start at 10 and then hope that that is over in a couple of hours in Mississippi State Vandy can still start at one does that make the most sense
3: I think that would make the most sense I mean I can't imagine them trying to play between games obviously and then I don't think they would want them to I don't think they would want uh that to go after any potential games so yeah I don't I don't see how yet that seems to be the only window they have it to go early would they go any earlier than 10 a.m I mean they might have to, I mean, just, just to get everything in and give the, the field and the appropriate amount of time to get the, you know, everything done as far as the grounds crew goes. So I mean, They could go at 9 a.m. I don't know. If they're going to do that, though, I hope that they are able to call this game a little early to let those two teams get back to the hotel and get get a good night's sleep so they're not, you know, staying up at the ballpark for the next five or six hours and then being told okay night and leave.
0: Yeah, that would, would certainly make more sense. And I, and I guess the thing that's different in – say the sec tournament and the college world series those early days in the sec tournament you're playing four games in a day and i think the first game starts at nine thirty, and you tend to have a late game that goes sometimes after midnight early in the game but if you can play four games in a day when you start at nine thirty, it certainly feels like you ought to be able to play two and a half games um on a day assuming the weather cooperates
3: yeah you would think so i mean I'm- like you said conference tournaments do this all the time and and this is basically just it's basically just like a regional low in the brackets and everything are all set up so uh, I don't think it's going to be a problem even if they do have to play a third game or I guess as you said like a half game tomorrow but uh, you know it's obviously an inconvenience isn't the right word either because I think they build built it this way on purpose obviously you know they, they give these teams these days off and everything so that if something goes wrong you do have some wiggle room as far as getting games in so nothing has to be postponed or, or over delayed or anything like that.
0: And and hey dad to me the most interesting part of this at this point is the loser of tomorrow's game between Mississippi State and Vanderbilt now doesn't have the day off to get ready for that next game and so pitching that your your strategy surrounding pitchers changes a little bit doesn't it
3: You would think so right yeah if you do have to go into your bullpen and get two two or three innings out of you know somebody like a Jared Lee Bell or uh a or Cole Gordon even, you know, you're probably not going to be able to come back to them on Thursday, you know, as you would have had you played tonight and then had the day off. So, yeah, that could change things up. Luckily for MSU, I guess, and that Peyton Plumley is a guy who's been known to be able to get pretty deep in the starts, give you six or seven innings. So, assuming, you know, he goes out and he starts and plays his normal kind of game, you know, the, the bullpen depth shouldn't be a huge issue, but it, it's definitely something to consider.
0: Brian Haydad joining us on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. When you go to that website, all you got to do is type in your zip code, and it will give you the option to get a quote on auto insurance or property insurance, or you can bundle the coverage and save by getting both coverages on one account. You're dealing with local agents, agents in all 82 counties in Mississippi. That is Farm Bureau. That's why we tell you to go with the home team. So what else is going on in Omaha? I mean, uh, you got a bunch of fans out there. Everybody that's there wants to go to baseball. So, what, folks just kind of hanging out and trying to figure out how to pass the time? I guess probably a good day to own, what, a movie theater or a bowling alley?
3: Well, a good day to maybe own one of those downtown bars that, 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 that surround TD Ameritrade uh, Park because, you know, I guess imagine a lot of the Louisville fans and Auburn fans are just going to walk out and go have a couple of beers and something to eat and then... They're going to hope to come back tonight and be able to watch baseball. So yeah, uh, downtown right now is just going to be a little bit of, of congestion as people are, you know, hanging out and waiting on that. As far as the state fans, state fans, and the Vanderbilt fans, you said it. You know, some of uh, the indoor attractions here. Obviously, the zoo wouldn't be a good call with the rain going on, but uh, those those things will probably be populated tonight. It's that's what so My tomorrow is going to be laundry day for me. I got I got to figure something else out. I'm, I'm running low on pants.
0: Well, that's because you've been out there for three weeks already.
3: It feel like it. man. I got. I'm down to am down. to like two pairs of pants. I gotta. I gotta either get a laundromat or find. A, we have one group of media. They rented a house and they said they have a washing machine. We may. We may go over there.
0: There you go. Doesn't your uh, Doesn't your hotel have a washer and dryer somewhere in there? Usually, you can find
3: one of those. basement. Well, like I don't in know the if they let everybody use it. It's probably mainly for sheets and towels. I don't know if they just let you know civilians use that.
0: Well, a lot of hotels, you ought to check into that, because a lot of hotels will have, like, one coin-operated okay. washer and dryer in the hotel.
3: I have never stayed anywhere long enough to need to do laundry. So the, this is something new to me. I'll, I will check that out. But.
0: Yeah. Well, and then you've all, always got the uh, like the tag that's hanging in your closet where you can get the dry cleaning. You know, it's like $12 for a single shirt.
3: Yeah. Hey, man, I'll just keep the receipts. Somebody will pay for it, right? Probably, yeah,
0: maybe, maybe you uh, maybe you ought to use that money uh, judiciously as well, and uh, not press the limits. I don't yeah. know how that works.
3: I don't know how that. So
0: uh, steak last night, right?
3: Steak last night, yeah, it was fantastic. What a great meal that was.
0: Very good. What'd you get?
3: Outstanding. I couldn't. I couldn't have been happier. I got a sixteen ounce strip, cooked medium rare.
0: Well done. Too bad I wasn't
1: there to uh, buy your dinner, huh? Saw somebody giving him a hard time on Twitter about the, the temperature he had his steak cooked. And, I mean, there are murderers among us because why would you eat it any more cooked than medium rare?
3: I mean, the thing was cooked perfectly. I couldn't have been happier with it. As I told the, girl, the lady on Twitter, like, you know, the, the cow comes to the restaurant dead. You don't have to kill it again. Just just just, just cook it a little bit. It's It's going to be fine.
0: Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. You had somebody complaining that your steak was undercooked.
3: No, no, they were saying that. Yeah, yeah, they thought they they thought that it needs to be cooked more. They wanted that they is. They were a well done type person, from what I could tell.
0: Oh my goodness! I know I think it's, they. It's a
3: shame. You hate
0: you, to you, see it. You, you think she goes with ketchup or A One or Heinz fifty seven on her steak?
3: My mom is a well-done person, man. She's one of those. If there's a speck of red, no, nah, that's
0: not going to work for her.
3: So, Whew. I'll
0: just order the chicken. No, bueno. Don't waste your time. Yeah. Uh, Sports talk Mississippi with you streaming online at supertalk.fm. We are glad to have you along on this Tuesday afternoon. No baseball tonight. Excuse me, tonight for Mississippi State. They will play at one o'clock tomorrow. At least that is the scheduled start time as of right now. Take a quick time out. More coming up with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Glad to have you along. I guess we can preview the matchup between Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, even though they're not going to play it for... Eh, what, 20 hours, twenty twenty-one hours or so, but uh, we'll not be on with you again until those two teams do meet up on the Diamonds. So uh, we know the pitching matchup. We talked about it some yesterday. Hey, Dad, you, you know these offenses. Because it's two SEC teams, I feel like... It's not a matchup that's unfamiliar, even though you didn't have these two teams play the three-game series in the regular season. You had Mississippi State go to Nashville last year in a Super Regional that was fantastic, and then you had a, a really good pitchers' duel when the two teams met earlier this year in the SEC tournament.
3: Yeah, we've seen a little bit of both. I mean, those games last year in Nashville, those there were a lot of runs scored in those games. Whereas, like you mentioned in the SEC tournament earlier this year, one nothing game. So. Yeah, that's what these two teams are. Though they're both capable of winning either kind of game. They can go out and, and win a one nothing or a two one game, but they can also go out and if it gets to eleven to eight or twelve to nine, you feel comfortable winning the game that way with both of these offenses. So, you know, you really don't know what to expect tomorrow when you go out to to, to watch these two teams play because they're just so versatile and just so capable of winning any kind of game. I tend to think in, with the park, with Rocker and Plumlee on the mound, that it will be a little bit more low scoring, but. If the winner of this game wins a, you know, 8, 9, 10 runs game, I'm not going to be completely surprised.
0: Is anybody in Omaha talking about the Whistler?
3: <laughs> yeah, having, having not been to the stadium yet with Vanderbilt there. Uh, not so much. I did read the uh, the article by Adam Sparks the Tennessee where he was uh fairly told to shut it down. Uh, and uh, the replies on that were about 95% of good or some variation of that. Um, yeah. You know, and of course, the media guys who are familiar with him—guys you know, like Eric Fit and Kendall Rogers—who you know we've had on the show many times—they all know what to expect of that guy. And of course, they bring their earplugs to uh, try to prevent it as much as possible. But it looks like that here in, uh, in Omaha, his reign of terror may be finally coming to an end.
0: Do you think, after giving him multiple warnings during Vanderbilt's first game, and the final warning being told, if you whistle again, you're going to be ejected from the stadium? That they're going to go zero tolerance, or you think they'll give him multiple warnings again tomorrow?
3: I think I think I think it would have to be zero tolerance, right? What's the point of you know coming? You start over every time. I think you know, and knowing from what I know of these these guys, and it's just the one of them up here. The other one's supposed to be coming if Vanderbilt makes it later in the series. But yeah. from what I can tell, they're just a couple of you know attention seekers. They don't really you know that they're all about themselves more than anything else. So. They're going to go out there and try to, you know, get the the spotlight on them. So they'll come in whistling, and uh, hopefully they'll uh, be shown the door.
0: I agree. Get a little little College World Series drama.
2: I wish... I like it. I mean, uh, it's
3: ridiculous. It, it's not... It's just not fair. It's If somebody just sat there and screamed like a banshee in somebody's ear, it's not artificial noise, but they would ask them to leave. This is the same thing. You're being a nuisance. Get out.
0: I mean... It's almost like if you allowed one fan base to bring noisemakers into the stadium on a regular basis.
2: Mm, it is
0: natural.
3: Well, you have to set up parameters and rules for something like that.
0: No, okay, hold on a second, can whistle,
3: though. Can they whistle in between pitches before the pitcher, like steps on the rubber? Or something? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm just saying, up. for you to say the reason to get rid of him is because it's annoying... People might make that same argument with regard to cowbells, don't you think?
3: They might, they might. But at least with the cowbell, it's rooted in a long-standing tradition, and everybody's doing it. It's not just one guy who's trying to be super fan so that everybody will look at him.
0: I will say with the cowbells, at least like when thousands of them are ringing, it just kind of all blends into one big, loud, clingy white noise. Yeah.
3: Any every- reaction? If you the cowbells to me, it's not any louder than being at Tiger Stadium when it's loud or Bryant Denny Stadium when it's really loud. It, it, it's 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 all noise at that point. The whistles to me are dude something different. You,
0: you, you're going to have to die on that hill all by yourself. That's just not know. true.
3: I mean, maybe, and you know, I'll I'll admit that probably because it's I've been around it my whole life. Maybe it just is how I am. And I just, I just don't hear it as much as people who don't have to see, deal with it every year but only come to you know every other year to deal with it. And that, that's, that's very possible. But for me, you know, Davis Wade at its loudest is not any louder than Tiger Stadium, Bryant Denny, even Jordan Hare to a, to a, a degree for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, all those places are loud, but it's a different Kyle kind Field, of noise.
2: You haven't been where?
3: Yeah. I haven't been to Kyle Field, so I don't know about that one yet.
2: That has more of like a soccer game feel to it than, it, than anything else. It's loud, but it's different kind of loud. from a talking Kyle Field? Yeah.
1: Well, because they like, go, eh, instead of, O, oh, and it's just
2: bizarre. It is an odd setting. I almost wished LSU were playing in this, like in this particular setting, with the you know, presumptive ejection of the Whistler, because when that happened in Hoover, I was riding after whoever Ole Miss played that day, and uh, there was an error that there was going to, like, you could sense in the air that there might be a smackdown once they uh, intervened with the Whistler the first time there.
0: You know, you felt like it was coming. Yeah,
2: never happened, unfortunately. Hmm.
0: Um. Hey, Dad, you're you're doing Kyle Field and Neyland Stadium this year. Is that right?
3: That'll be two first time trips for me. Yeah, I've never I haven't been to either one.
0: That is two not small stadiums.
3: <laughs> no, it, it's not. Well, I mean, in the SEC, most you know they're. They're all pretty big these days. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, especially Neil you know, Kyle Field. I mean, I, being one of the 2012 SEC teams, you know, I haven't, I don't feel as bad for never having been there. But, I mean, how have I never been to Cuba in all this time?
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's a reasonable question, I suppose. So you'll get to, uh, get to knock those two off the list. So what are you doing today to entertain yourself?
3: Uh, well, you know, we, I was just sort of relaxing and getting ready to head up to the ballpark when they made the announcement that they were going to, uh, postponed so I mean we, we went to lunch earlier today we, we, we had, had a taste at home today we found a soul food restaurant fried chicken mac and cheese greens cornbread it was all good
0: that's pretty aggressive like the on the uh, on the heels of big steak dinner last night isn't it
3: well I mean you know we just wanted some chicken we, wanted, we that, wanted some white meat
0: that is quite the one two chicken. punch it was good you're a white good. meat guy not a dark meat guy
3: well, I mean, I got a three piece. I got a, I got a leg, I gave you a leg, a wing and a breast. Mm. So, sweet tea in the Mason jar. It was great.
0: Yeah. I uh, I hear you. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Glad to have you along this afternoon. You want to be part of the conversation? You can text us on the C Spire text line 601-879-4395 601-879 4395. So we mentioned the whistler a second ago. So this is the story from last night from the Tennessean. Uh, it was written by Andy Sparks. The Vandy whistler said he was warned 3 times by a tournament employee to stop whistling during Vanderbilt's game on Sunday, and then if he didn't quiet down, he would be ejected from the ballpark. He plans to keep whistling in the Commodores game against Mississippi State. Here's his quote. They can't throw me out for whistling for our players like I always do. That's a quote from Preacher Franklin, one of the two Vanderbilt fans dubbed the Vandy Whistler. But the tournament employee said people around me were bothered by it and people watching the game on TV were calling and complaining. He said, whistle like that one more time and you're going to be thrown out of here. The NCAA... Uh, directed questions when asked for comment to the Omaha Metropolitan Entertainment and Convention Authority. Shocking that the NCAA would shirk responsibility and not own it. The College World Series Stadium Guide lists that, quote, noise-making devices of any kind are banned, but whistling produced naturally is not listed as a prohibited action. There was a guy that was sitting close to him in the stands that said he was definitely an official employee of TD America Trade Park. He had an earpiece in, walkie-talkie, and a badge around his neck. And I heard everything the guy said. He told Preacher that people weren't enjoying the game because of the whistling, so he needed to stop whistling. Preacher told the guy that he would try to hold it down as much as he could. The guy came back a third time, maybe in the sixth or seventh inning. That's when he told Preacher that if he didn't stop whistling... They would escort him out of the park. Why does the guy get two warnings before you just take him out? It's baseball. Three strikes Actually, why do you give him three warnings? So he got three visits from a stadium employee and said, if you do it again, now we're going to punish you. At some point when you have kids, if they're not doing what you tell them to do, you have to punish them. Do you, do you tell them the same thing three consecutive times? Or do you tell them to do something, and then if they ignore you, they get in trouble the second time? I don't know. You tell me. That's something I need to know soon. Yeah, I'm not sure that there's a one-size-fits-all answer to that. But I would make a one-size-fits-all answer to the Vandy Whistler. I'd find a guy on the way into the stadium before it begins and say... You whistle, you're gone, there's your warning, there won't be another. That was if I was in charge. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank studio. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Tuesday afternoon, glad to have you along. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Scott Riffey on the Farm Bureau phone line. Brian Haydad joining us from Omaha, where Mississippi State was supposed to be playing their second game of the College World Series tonight. That has been put on hold. They will now play at 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon their game against Vanderbilt. So um, rain in the area. You had uh, Auburn playing Louisville earlier today, and uh, Louisville was leading 4-1 to in the fifth inning. When that game was suspended because of rain, it will resume tonight at 9 o'clock at the earliest, and uh, they'll try and finish that one up tonight. And then you'll have two games tomorrow. Any gauge at all, hey Dad, of whether or not there's kind of an uptick of Mississippi State fans as they get deeper into the tournament with one game in the books, or kind of expect to see mostly what you saw the other night?
3: Uh, you know, that would have been a much easier question to answer uh, if I was at the ballpark. Last night downtown and out and about, I saw a lot of maroon and white uh, all over the place. There were a lot at the steakhouse. I went to a couple places afterwards. There were some Bulldog fans there. So I think there's a pretty good stream of Mississippi State fans just making their way up here, um, and now you know we'll see what happens tomorrow. Obviously, I think if, and like I said before, if State wins this game tomorrow, I think you'll see a big, big surge of Mississippi State fans make it up here. Uh,
0: and, and you know what's, you know what's fascinating to me, and I, I don't know that it's unique for Mississippi State. I mean, Mississippi State obviously is one of the teams that draws exceptionally well throughout the year. I mean, the the teams that you look at at the top of the attendance standings every year, it's LSU, it's Mississippi State, it's Ole Miss, it's Arkansas, and, you know, a couple of others. Those four usually kind of separate themselves from everybody else. But the average attendance that you see for Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas is usually in the, what, 6,800 to 7,500 range. I mean, it's a paid tickets number. And then LSU is usually up right. around 10,000. But the biggest crowd of the entire season in Starfall was, what, 13,000 and change? Saw that a couple of times in postseason play. And yet, if Mississippi State continues to advance in this thing because of the stakes and because of the opportunity to potentially win a national championship, you're going to have multiple thousands of people who have not been to a single baseball game all year, whether it was in Starkville or somewhere else, who are saying, you know what, I'm going to Omaha.
3: Yeah. I think you probably had a big surge of that uh, in 2013 when State made it to the NCAA or made to the national final. Because, you know, the opportunity to see your team win a national championship doesn't come around all that often. I would imagine the same thing is true. For uh, women's basketball, from the, the two championship game appearances there, that you have people who, I know for a fact, I know a couple of guys who had not been to a, a women's game all year. They follow the team and they supported them, but they just had to been to a game. But when they made the national championship game, they're like, all right, let's get in the car. We're going to watch them. We're going to get on a plane. We're going to go watch them. So, you know, I don't think it's a, a unique thing, but it, it definitely is indicative you know the fan support these two all these schools have and and like you said the same would be true if arkansas were still playing or if lsu were up here that they would have a good group here now but it would continue to grow as the stakes got higher
0: yeah and i guess it's all about the opportunity to see history happen for for your program to be able to you know whether you go to games or not it's still your team and you want to celebrate the biggest moments and there's no bigger way to celebrate it than by actually being there
3: yeah absolutely i mean and and Omaha makes it really easy. I mean, there's a lot of hotels here in town. There's you know, plenty of stuff to do. The people are, people here really, really friendly, and they really embrace the event. Especially when you go downtown to all of those those vendors and, and and businesses down there, they they are they are happy to see you. And when you tell them they're from Mississippi, they 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 light up and say, "Oh, here from Mississippi State? That's great." Weeble, well, you know, glad you're here. Blah blah blah. So, you know, it, it's a great event. I'm, I'm glad to have been able to be a part of it.
0: The entire Super Talk Mississippi crew, Sands, Brian, Heydad, will be in West Point on Friday to help promote the Mossy Oak and Old Waverly Golf oh, Courses.
3: Right.
0: Oh. You're missing it, man. man
3: I, was, I was looking forward to that one. I yeah, to thought right, you were caddying for that of me. One. <laughs> I was. I'm sorry, Rippey. I can't make it now.
2: That uh, duty calls. Yeah,
0: Mossy Oak and Old Waverly are two of the premier golf courses, not just in Mississippi, but in the entire country. And we'll be talking about an upcoming event that is happening this summer, the U.S. Women's Amateur USGA event, a national championship happening at Old Waverly this summer. i will tell you more about that coming up on Friday. The entire Super Talk Mississippi family in West Point this Friday live from 6 a.m. until we wrap up at 6 p.m. And then on Saturday, Garden Mama will be on site at the Tupelo Farmers Depot that's this Saturday from 8 until 10. The Tupelo Farmer's Depot has locally grown vegetables, fruit, honey, flowers, and more. Be sure to stop by this Saturday, 415 South Spring Street in downtown Tupelo for Garden Mama at the Tupelo Farmer's Depot. Don't want to miss that coming up this uh, this weekend. What is left? I, I know you and Joel Coleman on the Thunder and Lightning podcast did kind of a preview of, of this game between Mississippi State and Vanderbilt. So what's left to talk about? With regard to this matchup, hey Dad, that we haven't covered to this point?
3: Well, I think one of the main things is we're going to have to find out who wins this this game between Louisville and Auburn because, you know, you guys may start looking ahead to who you're going to have to play uh, win or lose. You know, are you going to be playing Louisville if you lose? Are you going to be playing Auburn if you lose? And then if you win, well, are you playing Vanderbilt again? Are you going to be playing Louisville? I think right now it, it looks like it's going to be Louisville getting through. Uh, and so, you know, Louisville's good enough to beat Vanderbilt in that uh, elimination game that they would play on Thursday. So it could be Mississippi State-Louisville on Friday, if that's the case. So, I mean, that, that, to me, that's like the last little bit of, of something to look at is to start playing it forward in all scenarios. Who is the next team Mississippi State's going to have to play and how will they attack them?
0: Yeah, and I think your scenario is a reasonable one, but it's also reasonable with really all three of those teams. If you get to an elimination game with Mississippi State or Vanderbilt with Louisville as the opponent, then Louisville, good enough in a one-off setting to beat either of those teams. Mississippi State in a one-off setting, good enough to beat either of those teams. And the same thing for Vanderbilt. I mean, that's, that's kind of why we've talked about since the bracket came out this side of the bracket being that stacked. It always felt like Auburn was a long shot. And I don't know that... I mean, I tend to think if you're Mississippi State and probably if you're Vanderbilt, you would have rather... um, I'm sorry, not if you're Mississippi State. If you're Vanderbilt or Louisville, you would have rather seen Auburn hold on and win that game against Mississippi State.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, you would rather see that. I mean, Vanderbilt would much rather see Mississippi State. No one they, and I think that it for Louisville too. That you only want to have to, you only want to have to beat Mississippi State once. And it's sort of the same thing with State and Vanderbilt. You know, State's going to play Vanderbilt tomorrow. They would like for Vanderbilt to lose that game. They can move on, and then they would like Louisville to beat uh, Vanderbilt. So, you, so you're not having to play anybody twice. That's that's the best case scenario. And in, in, in reality, if Vanderbilt wins, there's an opportunity. If they win the elimination game, but you could end up playing them three times, You could it's going to best of three series. You could play them tomorrow, and then have to play them twice more to get to the end. Now that's going to be very very difficult uh, to do uh, for for Mississippi State or for Vanderbilt if Mississippi State goes that route. So a lot there's a lot of, of moving pieces at this point, and and the pieces all involve three of the best teams that are remaining here in Omaha.
0: Yeah. The uh, the current game between Louisville and Auburn is in a rain delay. Two fifty five Central. They put the tarp on the field. Uh, headed to the fifth inning. Louisville ahead four to one in that ball game. They are going to attempt to resume play at nine o'clock Central Time. Nine o'clock local time in uh, in Omaha tonight. Don't know if they'll be able to do that. The forecast doesn't look great, but Mississippi State will not play baseball tonight. They will return to the diamond tentatively at one o'clock tomorrow. The good news is the forecast for tomorrow. Does look good.
3: Look, no hey, chance Dad. You put on the meteorology camp tomorrow.
0: Well, I thought you had your had like already channeled your inner Jim cantori.
3: <laughs> no, I'm much, I'm much more of like the local meteorologist. I wouldn't I wouldn't dare to uh, step on the national. I mean, yeah, it looks like it says just looking at you know online, but that's twenty percent chance. On yep. Wednesday, then a 50% chance on Thursday, but Thursday, the day state would be off uh, if they win. If they lose, that might affect them. And then the rest of the weekend is, is very clear, you know, quarterly cloudy, but everything's 20% or below. So, and like this, is the, why,
0: this, this is why, this is why Rippy says you can't ever trust a weatherman because you're looking at a forecast. I'm looking at the exact same thing, different forecast 20% tomorrow, 20% 30, uh, Thursday, 40% on Friday, 20% Saturday, and then 40% on Sunday.
2: You're going to get me in
0: trouble with the, the weather crapsie. people. I think it's more so the weather itself. Oh. I thought you said weather men were who you couldn't trust. <laughs> or women. Not that you are being sexist.
2: You're going to get me in trouble from all angles here. Weather I just, people. Yeah. It's just unpredictable. It's hard to predict. Hey, Dad, we don't... Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't have
0: to get him in trouble. He does just a fine job of getting himself in trouble. It's a fair point.
2: We
3: don't... We can just stand here and, and Ripia will say something that gets everybody riled up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. All right, hey, Dad. Thanks, man. All
3: right, buddy. Talk to you tomorrow.
0: Stay dry. Ryan, hey, Dad in Omaha. Sports Talk, Mississippi with you in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Just
2: as I thought it was going all right I found out i wrong and I thought it was right. It's always the same, it's
0: just a shame. That's all. Five o'clock hour with you, Tuesday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online, Supertalk.fm, Richard Cross, Michael Borkey, Brian Scott Rippey. We spent some time in the four o'clock hour with Brian Haydad, who is in Omaha, trying to figure out what to do with the rest of his evening. In the event that Auburn and Louisville are not able to begin play tonight, their game excuse me, their game will resume at eleven o'clock tomorrow morning. Mississippi State and Vanderbilt would then play 65 minutes after the completion, so an hour and five minutes after the completion of Auburn Louisville. They are going to attempt to play later tonight. Finish up uh, Auburn and Louisville headed to the fifth inning with Louisville leading four to one over Auburn. If they cannot play tonight, they will play at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. and then Mississippi State and Vanderbilt will play an hour and five minutes after that game finishes. I don't know why they picked 11 instead of 10. Nobody consulted me. Seems to make less sense, but whatever suits your fancy. You got fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth inning left, five innings left. You're not going to keep everything in the same time window. But by all means, schedule it to start in a time where you're not going to be able to finish it in the time window and keep everything else on schedule. Makes all the sense in the world, right? Right.
2: You look like you had something to add, and then you just failed out of it. So, three games, why would it not finish in the time window?
0: They've got five innings. They're going to start playing at 11 a.m. So you're done one. And they're going to go 65 minutes in between games. Mississippi State Vanderbilt scheduled for one. And then you've got an elimination game tomorrow night at six. I mean, it's just going to end up everything pushed back, an hour or two. So they'll take an hour and forty-five minutes to finish this game. It'll end at twelve forty-five. Mississippi State and Louisville will finish. Will start at basically two o'clock. They'll finish up at uh, what five forty-five, five thirty, five forty-five, and then they'll play at seven tomorrow night. So whatever, no big deal. Just say, what's the point of putting out a schedule if you know your schedule is not going to work? Wishful thinking? It's dumb, though. Be real. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank. Online, MSLandBank.com. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. Time for the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyFordNow.com. Find out why the best selling trucks are built Ford Tough. But it's not just trucks, you've got cars and SUVs as well. Great savings going on, current deals. Plus, you get some special incentives, including the special incentive, extra special savings for first responders and military personnel. That is only at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. We're counting you down to the start of the college football season. Team number 74 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Southern Mississippi. This day is bananas. B A N A N A S. This day is bananas.
1: 100 teams in 100 days.
0: Not now, okay, ready? Another minute set of Conference USA, team number 74 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Mm -hmm. Pretty good fight song. Really good one. It's got power in it. That's what makes it it a fight song. I agree. A lot of horns in there. A lot of a big, aggressive horns. I like it. Southern Miss went 6-5 and five last year. Six wins, but no bowl game. That was frustrating. Beat Jackson State big to start the season. One point lost to Louisiana Monroe in Week 2, and that probably is the game that sticks out more than any where you go, if you could have just gotten one more. Appalachian State in Week 3 was canceled because of weather issues, a win over Rice... Relatively close loss to Auburn on the Plains. They lost pretty handily at North Texas. Came back, beat UTSA, lost by a field goal to Charlotte. Beat Marshall by two, lost by a field goal to UAB. Had a one-point win against Louisiana Tech. And then smoked UTEP in the season finale 39-7. to After the game against UTEP, you were in the waiting game business where you hoped that six was going to be enough but last year was one of those years where you had more bowl-eligible teams than you had slots available in bowl games. If you rewind a couple of years, you had multiple teams that got in with sub-500 records, just not the way it fell last year for uh, for Southern Miss. Um, Jack Abraham is expected to be the starting quarterback, although I don't think it's going to be without a competition when they, uh, when they get to the start of fall camp. We've talked some with Luke Johnson about that. I had some good quarterback play in the spring, although I think most people believe that it'll be Jack Abraham that ultimately wins the, uh, wins the starting job. Last year, in nine games, Abraham completed 73% of his passes, threw for 2,347 yards, 15 touchdowns, 261 yards per game. You had other guys that played the position as well uh, throughout the course of the year. You know, If you rewind, everybody thought going into the season that it was going to be Quadre Griggs. Um, some off-the-field stuff that had to be dealt with. And I'm using my words carefully there because it would be easy to say off-the-field issues or off-the-field problems. But it turned out... I think I can say this. I mean, I don't guess... Well, I know this to be true. It turned out that there weren't really any off-the-field issues at all. But because of the process that the university, not the athletics department, but the university chose to go through and felt they had to go through, you ended up costing him a lot of time, and he just wasn't the same player. So Griggs ends up playing in two games last year. You expected him to be the starting quarterback going in. Turned out not to be the case at all. Tate Watley played in some games Uh, Marcelo Rodriguez had very limited play same thing for Neil McLaurin but Jack Abraham is the guy that is returning with significant experience this year for Southern Miss and they need him to be good because it's a uh, a challenging schedule to say the least uh, outside of Conference USA so Alcorn State on Saturday, August 31st in Hattiesburg to start the year Then in week two, a road game against Mississippi State. Games at 2.30 on ESPNU. Week three, a road trip to Troy. And that is usually not easy. Week four, a road trip to Tuscaloosa. So a home game against Alcorn State out of the SWAC in week one, and then three straight road games, Starkville, Troy, and Alabama, before getting back-to-back home games. UTEP and North Texas. North Texas is the homecoming game on October 12th. Back-to-back road games at Louisiana Tech and Rice. And then it's home road, home road to close out the regular season. UAB in San Antonio against UTSA. Western Kentucky. And then a lovely November 30th trip to Boca to play Florida Atlantic in the season finale.
1: You know, something I noticed about this schedule, by the way, which I don't know if we've ever really been able to say this before about Southern Miss... You can find every single one and watch it without problem. With this new ESPN Plus deal with the Conference USA, you've got to pay for a subscription. But every single game on this schedule, one way or the other, the only annoying one's going to be North Texas. You have to watch that on Facebook through Stadium. But everything else is an ESPN flat platform or the NFL Network. So That's it will good. be easy to watch your football team this year. Yeah, you got to pay five bucks a month for
0: it, but you couldn't say that last year or a couple years ago. Well, and small price to, play, to pay. I mean, you're happy to pay 5 bucks to be able to watch all your team's games and know where they are. Mm-hmm. Jay Hobson going into year four, former Southern Miss assistant, hired as the Golden Eagles head coach in January 2016. Year one, seven and six, a bowl win, and the first win over an SEC opponent, opponent since 2000 when one of Jeff Bauer's teams did it. Beat Kentucky in the season opener that year. Year two, eight and five. Lost to Kentucky to start the year and then got it going from there. Ultimately lost in the Independence Bowl to Florida State, 42-13. And then last year, six and five. Winning record, but no bowl game. Pretty good string of success for Southern Miss over an extended period of time. But Jeff Bauer, the guy that is credited with doing the most and being the steadiest for the longest period of time. 1994 Jeff Bauer is when he was hired. And uh, I guess 91 through 2007. You had Larry Fedora, then Ellis Johnson. Mm. Todd Munkin got it moving in the right direction once again, 2013 to 2015. And now year four of Jay Hobson rolling around in Hattiesburg. Southern Miss, team number 74 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming online at supertalk.fm. Glad to have you along. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Scott Rippey. Hey, that is in Omaha. Take a little football recruiting for a second. If you follow football recruiting people on Twitter... You've uh, you've seen a lot of activity in recent days for both Mississippi State and for Ole Miss. Um, just looking at the composite list right now. So month of June, commitments for Mississippi State. Cameron Threat, the cornerback from Lewisburg and Olive Branch, three-star cornerback, has committed. I think it was last night news broke that, uh, forgive me if I pronounce it wrong, Janari Dean. Out of South Panola, the safety. They had committed to Mississippi State. Three-star, 6 feet, 190 pounds. Uh, 17th-ranked player in the state of Mississippi. Uh, Jaquavuan Brown. And again, I may have messed up that name. Outside linebacker committed back on June 5th to Mississippi State. Another three-star player, 6'3", 225 pounds. Sebastian Dolcine Dolcine from Colen. Uh, committed on June 11th, offensive lineman 6'5", 295. And there was one other, uh, Grant, ja- two other June commitments. Grant Jackson from West Lincoln School in Brookhaven, another offensive lineman 6'6", 304, committed June 11th. And on June 5th, you had Caleb Ducking, a wide receiver, 6'5", 195, out of Holmes Community College, uh, committing to Mississippi State, so that's some of the the guys that in the month of June have committed to Mississippi State, and it's been an active June. Nineteen current commits for Mississippi State has them currently ranked fifteenth in the country in recruiting class rankings. Ole Miss currently has sixteen commitments, and they are ranked one spot behind Mississippi State at number sixteen. In the national rankings And last night or today Not sure which it was Two more commitments for Ole Miss come in, Rippy
2: Yeah, so you get a safety out of Louisiana And then you get another defensive tackle prospect um, The safety is Eric Reed Jr. And I think they're really high on this kid He was four-star Pretty good offer sheet um, They got him on campus not too long ago He went to LSU as well Not too long ago for a camp, I believe And committed today I think they're gonna. I said safety. I think they're gonna try to play him at corner. Six one one ninety, pretty good length and range. Okay, so that commitment comes in today.
0: Just kind of doing the same thing we did with Mississippi State. Month of June commitments for Ole Miss: Josiah Hayes, um, who is a defensive tackle, six three two ninety six. Khalil Benson out of South Haven. He's an offensive lineman uh, committed on June 9th. Robert Scott, an offensive lineman, offensive tackle out of Conway, Arkansas, committed June 11th. June 9th, you had Contrell Bullock from Columbia, Mississippi, a running back uh, who committed. Also uh, June 9th, uh, Lacavius Daniel, cornerback from Jones County Junior College. Uh, earlier this week, I guess it was on the 15th, Cedric Johnson, out of W.P. Davidson High in Mobile, a uh, defensive end, six-three-two twenty-five, committed. Uh, DeSanto Rollins out of Baton Rouge, Parkview Baptist in Baton Rouge. Defensive lineman uh, committed as well. And good grief, June's been busy, hasn't it? Uh, and Darius Coffey from Winona, Um an athlete listed as an athlete. And
2: Luke Schaus from Brentwood, Tennessee, an offensive lineman. What were you going to say? Well, you said busy month. I believe that's a dozen commitments this month. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Um.
0: So Ole Miss currently ranked 8th in the SEC, one spot behind Mississippi State in the national rankings, which means one spot behind them in the league rankings as well. The breakdown, Mississippi State one four-star, 17 three-stars out of their 18 commitments. Ole Miss' is 16 are made up of two four-stars and 14 three-stars. How does that compare to other SEC teams? Maybe you wonder. Now you look at Auburn, who's just behind Ole Miss. They've only got 11 commitments six four-star players, and five three-star players. Uh, Texas A&M, who's ranked 13th nationally, one five-star, four four four-stars, and six three-stars. And I don't mean to bore you with stars. Uh, And I understand people go, oh, star ranking, star ranking. But, Borky, I feel like we've kind of gotten to the point where we've established, and there's a long track record of the fact that star rankings matter when you're talking about recruiting. Yeah, they mean something.
1: It's proven in players that are put in the NFL. It's proven that uh, in wins on the field in college. It's proven with championships won. And that doesn't mean you can't have a good, successful program not recruiting like Alabama does, but if you want to win like Alabama does, you have to recruit the way they do. And people will say that recruiting services only rank certain players certain ways because Alabama gives them an offer. Well, I mean, that doesn't sound like a terrible practice when you consider that Alabama is only offering the best kids in the country. So uh, people try to dismiss it and say it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything and all of that stuff. But these evaluators, they don't bat 1,000 because nobody's going to bat 1,000, especially when you're talking about 16-year-old kids that they're evaluating who will hit growth spurts and other things, maybe get into trouble or whatever. They do a really good job of evaluating prospects. They really do. And it bears out in the numbers. So you've ha- you have to recruit well in the numbers if you want to win, with very little to no exception, generally speaking.
2: I think that's been the difference with Ole Miss recently is the like level of talent they're getting on campus. Because obviously you get them on campus, that's kind of the biggest key. And I think since kind of some of the newer staff has taken over, that's become a more organized process, and they're getting more kids or higher level of talent to campus, and it's obviously showing some results, at least early on. When you say more more organized process, what do you mean? What's different? Um, getting, like, like the process of getting talented kids to campus. I think it's about as simple as that. If you don't get to campus, they're probably not coming there, and I think the way they get kids to campus and, and, how, and the frequency that they're getting kids to campus is, is more efficiently done than it was before. Yeah.
0: Lisa and Clara on the C Spire text line says, uh, I want to wait until they sign the dotted line. Commit means very little now, to me anyway. Well, yeah. sure. I'm fascinated
1: by the strategy, though. And this is something that uh, I've, I've actually written this years ago, that Ole Miss and Mississippi State, I think, can benefit greatly from, even though it, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Because LSU, for example, and Georgia – have both elevated their national profile in recruiting. They, they always recruited well. Les Miles recruited well, and, and, and so did Kirby Smart's predecessor. But they have elevated their national profile somewhat. They're getting kids from other states, and Georgia and Louisiana are two of the most talent-rich states in the country. I've always thought that even though it's difficult to go into Georgia or to go into Louisiana if you're Ole Miss or Mississippi State and, and compete against LSU and Georgia to get these kids... Now that they've raised their national profile, they're slow playing and passing on extremely talented kids in their state that are, I guess, falling through the cracks. And the two guys that committed to Ole Miss today are both from the state of Louisiana, a state that produces NFL players per capita at an extremely high rate. But since LSU is going to get kids from other states now, you can swoop in, be an SEC school, be an SEC school nearby, and give them an opportunity and benefit from Georgia, LSU, and even Alabama and Auburn to some extent, even though they've Alabama's been this way for a very long time, you can go into these talent-rich states and get kids that are being slow-played by the big schools there because they've elevated their national profile. And especially for Ole Miss, who's trying to like rebuild a foundation after the NCAA decimated the program, that's a great way to go about it, is going to get somebody from Louisiana who LSU was slow playing, you know that it's a talent-rich area. Getting kids, you can build a foundation and build up a program using kids like that. No, you're not going to go win a national championship, but you can build a foundation from those states getting kids that Georgia and LSU and Alabama don't.
0: When you use the phrase a couple of times, slow playing, I think maybe that's where the opportunity exists because there's some kids who they're I mean, nobody wants to have to actually go through that, but there's some high school players who will put up with it, right? I mean, they'll, they'll wait, and if there's a spot available, they'll jump. And there's some who go ahead and make a commitment somewhere, and then if they find out at the last minute, they used LSU as an example. Let's say that LSU gets to the end and they've got a spot and they decide they want Eric Reed. They'll make a full-court press for it. You hope that your commitment sticks. You know, if, if you're Ole Miss, you hope that he holds on. But there's some kids also who go, you know what? You, you've told me that you want me. I say, sweet. Where do I sign? I'm in. And they go, well, I mean, we want you. There are a couple of other things we got to wait on and you go, hold on a second, you're going to play games on this? This is my future. Screw you. I'm going to school somewhere else, and it's over. you just got to kind of know who you're dealing with. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio, streaming online at supertalk.fm.